you cannot imagine how's the market going. I'll be optimistic, but I will say more than 100. The growth is huge, Jeffrey. First of all, coffee is a part of our culture. Like in every ceremony and every event, we do have coffee. Even it's on a daily basis, we drink coffee. And we drink it the traditional way in groups. We serve it in weddings, in funerals, in major events. So it's part of our life. We drink coffee all the time. I think we're going to see more of uh, specialty coffee boutiques operator. And as we talk, already there's uh, coffee franchises that they established 200 or more stores in Riyadh. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, editor-in-chief of coffee business magazine Fifth Wave. The Middle East has strong cultural roots to the magical world of coffee. And very recently, coffee shops are becoming big business across this region. In the World Coffee Portal's most recent report, Project Cafe Middle East 2023, we found that branded coffee shop outlets grew in number by over 10% in the last 12 months. And in this region, there is one standout market, Saudi Arabia. With a population of 36 million, Saudi is the largest of the Gulf states. And when it comes to coffee, growth has been nothing short of spectacular. The number of branded coffee shops increased by 18.5% in the last year. So today we're exploring the Saudi coffee market. Why is it growing so quickly? What types of coffees are Saudi consumers drinking? And what are the opportunities for coffee operators? We'll hear from two smaller specialty cafe brands, Sara Al Ali of That Cafe and Fadi Hamoud and Ali Alkabaz of Najud Restaurant Management, which operates Percent Arabica across the Middle East. But we start with Abdullah Al-Harazi, Technical Training Manager of Barnes, a local Saudi chain, part of the Alamjad Group, which was founded in 1992 and now boasts over 400 cafes across the kingdom. Now you have approximately 400 stores throughout the kingdom. How fast is the coffee sector developing? It was thrilling for the last 10 years, and especially after the corona pandemic, we say it was really shocking. The market was very thirsty, very hungry for coffee. It was huge. The Saudi culture here even changed. Let me tell you that most drinks 10, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, was the Arabic coffee mostly. Now the most demand, the most high demand is the specialty coffee, black coffee. The testing, sensory test in the consumer become really hard now. It's really demanding a quality, even a price high, but Quality now comes first, to be honest. Now, you mentioned a lot of demand for black coffee. Are the drinks, the cappuccinos and the lattes and maybe the, even the flat whites, um, are they also popular beverages? Yes, definitely. The new wave of this speciality coffee, it's entering the market, the flat white, the new standard of cappuccinos, the latte, the macchiato, the cortado, it's all popular. The Spanish latte, the sweet coffee with milky flavors, also popular. Now, mostly is the cold coffee beverages. It's really famous, taking a huge share of the market. That sounds like a lot of innovation in such a short period of time within the marketplace. Yes, you will be shocked. I wasn't uh, expecting that Saudi will be one of the big hits of the market is coffee. 
you can see that in pulse. In in pulse, actually, now we expanding so fast, and even we have plannings for the next five years, huge plans actually. We will hopefully we will cover the GCC countries in the next five years, and in Arabia country mostly in less than ten years. And this is we're talking about huge numbers. How many outlets would you expect to have in Saudi by the time in say five years time? I will bet on a thousand stores at least. Wow! So from four hundred to a thousand in five years. You cannot imagine how's the market going. So how many stores do you think will add in twenty twenty three? I'll be optimistic, but I will say more than a hundred. Wow! The growth is huge, Jeffrey. So how would you describe? The trading environment, in terms of the competitive landscape, to be honest, the market now is very, very comp- really high competition, really high competition. I'll give you example in uh, the last five years. Let's say around the kingdom, I will give you a roughly number. Yeah. Okay, Jeffrey, we have five thousand coffee shops around the kingdom yep. five years ago or six years ago, two thousand nineteen, twenty twenty. We have more than twenty thousand coffee shops around the kingdom. Oh. You can see how much they grow. Let me tell you about regarding the competition in roastery. Let me say that roastery selling coffee roastery business is growing in market more than 500%. Our growth in bars, inshallah, for the next five years with this competition, hopefully will be really, really positive. Yeah. Why is it positive? Because our growth is very stable. Our growth is very calculated. We checking the market value. We checking the market needs. The consumer, what you're looking for. This is number one, of course, in any business. But in bars, we seeking the best quality and the best price, because here the price yes, it's have a value, but the quality now in the market, this competition, we cannot have a negotiate with. Now most customer, most our consumer, have a really sensory palate. But the arrival of international surely. The brands like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts have some appeal to the market. Are they doing okay? The international brands that have entered the market? Yes, from what I see, from my observation, Starbucks yes still have a piece of the cake. Dunkin' Donuts because the cheap price is here. He's selling prices with donuts, so he's not let me say not a totally coffee shop, but still he have share of the market. Tim Hortons is also involving very trusting, really strong in the market, trying to catch a piece. But like Costa, let me say Costa is they reopen now in Saudi, but not with the same impact. I think the problem with Costa is the same problem with Nokia. They cannot adapt the market. But in Barnes, in the other way, we really adapt the market, which is I'm proud of my company. We launching new products. We have a research department which is really strong. We have a quality department which is really strong. We don't hesitate to. To discontinue in the minute if it not fit to the market, not making revenue, or not fitting to the consumer palate, which is very important now. Now you cannot play with the customers anymore, right? Everybody is have the full awareness about coffee. So with all that growth, where are you finding all the staff to fill your stores? Is this local staff, or are you having to bring staff from abroad? How do you get so many hospitality people at a time when? In most parts of the world, there's a shortage of hospitality staff. It's really hard, actually. Yeah. To continue, really hard, but it's a it's a struggle. It's life. Life is all about struggle. We have a vision of Saudi of Prince Mohammed bin Salman. 
for Saudization, especially in the hospitality and side businesses. So we have this 50% Saudization and we implement it. It's really, let me say, it's a back broker in sometimes in the PNL, but in the long run, it's helped the economy. It's helped the business in the long run because, to be honest, see, you're hiring locals or Saudi citizens. These citizens, the same will be these future customers. Their kids will be the future customers. In a case, it's your economy is coming back to you in a way. What are the ways that the government is trying to promote hospitality and in particular the coffee industry? And so what is it doing to help our industry, your industry, to, to really grow in Saudi? And why is it doing it? Part of the vision is to have multi-economy resources and to have knowledgeable level of people who know and specialize in many services, especially hospitality, industry, farming, cultivation, and many others in the vision. But let's talk about the coffee part in this vision, because actually it's huge. There's a big plan from Saudi Arabia. The small-time coffee farms now in the southwest area, the vision of the Saudi, they established a Saudi coffee company. It's an entity formed and launched in last May by the government public investment fund, which aims really to pour more than 320 million into the coffee sector only in the next 10 years. And that's only in the coffee. They will grow additional 900, maybe 900,000, if I'm accurate, Arabica trees in the south, in the mountains in the southwest of Saudi. They improving the way coffee being grown. They bring experts from around the world to make this area in the southwest, the cultivation, to match the international farming for coffee. But to be honest, and if we see the area of this cultivation southwest, it's not big, but it will be a very unique coffee. Let's say like the Blue Mountain, Jamaica Blue Mountain. You know Jamaica yeah. Blue Mountain is very expensive, right, Jeffrey? So I think the Saudi coffee will be this in that level. Because even... If we have the whole area of cultivation, having full farming, full uh, harvesting, it cannot match, let's say, Kenya, because the, the area is small. But it's really the humidity. It's really high, more than 2,000 meters around sea level, which can provide you with a good coffee, especially if you have a good treatment, if you have a good farmers going by the book, as they say. Now, I will see Saudi in 10 years from now. I have a high quality, not blue mountain, Jizan or Saudi coffee. And I think it will be a hit in the market because our coffee really tastes like the best quality, via Jeffrey, like grapes, like raisins, which is really, really fruity. I cannot wait to taste. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. It's my pleasure, Jeffrey. Abdullah paints an exciting picture for the future of Saudi's coffee shop market. Barnes' growth expectations are really impressive. A thousand outlets in the next five years and potentially up to a hundred in 2023 alone. Saudi consumers are becoming obsessed with specialty coffee shops. But where are the roots of this love of coffee? To explore this, we speak with Sara Al-Ali, the founder of That Cafe, a boutique specialty concept in the capital Riyadh. Welcome to Fifth Wave Podcast, Sara. I'm really happy to be here with you, Jeff. I wonder if you'd give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you get into coffee and what are you doing now? So it started in 2013. 
I came back from Canada. I lived there for nine years. I used to, you know, frequent cafes around the university. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, uh, you know, we are a culture that like we drink coffee as groups. We don't drink coffee as individuals alone, but I used to drink coffee alone in Canada. So when I came back, it was really difficult because people will look at me as a weird person sitting alone in a cafe. And I wanted to have this setup like a cafe that has really good coffee and also people can enjoy just sitting solo and have a cup of coffee. Mm. And I started learning more and more. And I traveled to Paris to get my training as a barista. The moment I stood behind the uh, espresso bar, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. And from there, it took off. I started learning more and more. I got my uh, Q grader license, uh, my AST license, and I got the opportunity to represent Saudi Arabia in the world championship for the Jazve Ebrik. And uh, I won second place in the Middle East and North Africa and sixth in the world. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And that was back in 2017. And I started Pop-Up and we worked with the Ministry of Telecommunication for two years. And we used to serve the staff there coffee. And then I decided to have my uh, like actual cafe. So I had partners with me in 2019 and then COVID hit and we had to pause for like two years. And then we opened in 2022. And I wonder if you tell us about your coffee shop, how would you describe it? We have a lot of cafes in Saudi and especially in Riyadh. And the more cafes are opening, they're just more like copy paste, copy paste. So for me, I wanted to have a different concept. So uh, we have different stations. So you would have the more traditional station, which is Jezve Ebrik and the Della, which is our Saudi coffee. And it's all done with specialty coffee grade. And then we will have the manual brewing and then we will have the espresso and espresso based drinks. So you can come and enjoy any kind of coffee and it's all high quality presented in a different way. What is it about coffee that's all of a sudden booming in Saudi? Why is it growing so fast? First of all, coffee is a part of our culture. Like in every ceremony and every event, we do have coffee. Even it's on a daily basis, we drink coffee. And we drink it the traditional way in groups. We serve it in weddings, in funerals, in major events. So it's part of our life. We drink coffee all the time. And just so I'm clear, the traditional Saudi coffee, how was it prepared? We use something similar to uh, the Ibrik, yeah. but it's uh, larger. It's like one liter uh -huh. and it's called Dalla. And in the Dalla, we roast the coffee really light. <laughs> so okay. you, will, you will have more like peanuts, notes and nuts. And then we will add specific uh, uh, spices. And the two major spices that are used is cardamom and saffron. And some areas would add cinnamon or mustic or ginger, depending where you come from. Yeah. And then we boil it for 20 minutes. Then 
we serve it in uh, small cups, like I would say 30 ml, just like a shot. Great. Sounds like a very highly caffeinated country. (laughs) Also, you would see like this is something maybe people who come from different countries, like from Europe, and they see us start drinking coffee at 5 p.m. And uh, they're like, wow, like the cafes will be busy from 5 p.m. until midnight. And we have cafes that open 24 hours. So if we went back to 2013, how is coffee drinking today different? I would say it's the awareness. Um, More people are enjoying specialty grade coffee. They are aware of the quality of the coffee. And of course, you have people who want cheaper coffee and faster coffee, but there are people who enjoy specialty grade coffee. And you would see people coming into the cafe asking specifically for different origins, like, no, I want Ethiopian coffee. I want Panama Geisha. I want something more classic, Brazil or Colombia. Now, are there many women like yourself that are leading businesses in the hospitality sector in Saudi? Is that becoming much more of a more common thing? Yes, yes. And if they're not cafe owners, they own roasteries or they are baristas. So uh, like in my cafe, we are like 90% women. My understanding is was, um, this was back some years, but Even some of the chains, they have separate divisions for families and individuals of the cafe. Are there still segmented cafes? Is that still an important feature of a lot of cafes or are they moving towards like totally open areas? Uh, No, now it's uh, mostly like before you would uh, fight to find a place where uh, you can sit in an open space. Now it's the other way around. No, it's completely open. And uh, now we can work as women behind the bar. Like uh, in 2016, I told you that I had a pop-up. At that time, I couldn't be behind the bar in a cafe. But because it was a pop-up, so I used to go to buildings where it's more like closed buildings. So this is how I overcome the obstacle. Mm. So I'm really happy that now, like before I used to have the skills, but I didn't have the opportunities. But now I have the skills and I have the opportunities. That's great to hear. I understand the Saudi government is focusing on growing coffee in Saudi Arabia. What's been your experience with this? Just a few days ago, I had the honor to be part of the uh, judging panel for the Saudi coffee competition. And it was in three different regions in Saudi. And then we had the finals in Jazan. And Jazan is one of the biggest coffee plantations in Saudi. And this year, which uh, was announced as the year of Saudi coffee. So they're promoting Saudi coffee, which if you know, Holani coffee beans. And these are the uh, Holani coffee beans are the uh, coffee beans we have in the plantations here in Saudi Arabia. And they're trying to push the production of coffee beans. You know, I would have thought it's quite an unlikely country to create coffee plantations. The stereotypical image of Saudi is, you know, very dry and barren land and with lots of oil fields and and not much areas for growing coffee. But that's, you know, like an incredible surprise. 
Actually, it's in the border of Yemen. Uh-huh. So Yemen is also yes. uh, where they had coffee a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And the Jazan is just on the border. And they used to plant coffee many years ago, but we didn't pay attention maybe to it. And uh, it was abandoned. But now they're promoting the plantation and also the production. And also they are giving more training to farmers so that they can work on the development of the crop and the quality. And even myself, like when I went to visit the farm, you would see the farmer asking about how can we roast? How can we know about the quality of the coffee? Can you help us? Can we have the training courses? And a lot of people are working, like especially people who are specialized in the green coffee and roasting, they are going and visiting the plantations and they're offering a lot of training uh, sessions to uh, farmers there. Sounds incredible. A whole new world of coffee is going to be re-emerging in Saudi. Is all this literally because of the huge push towards tourism or is there something else going on? Is there some other reason why the Saudi government is seeking to invest in coffee? Uh, Actually, uh, the government is trying and they announced it clearly in the uh, we have a website called Amal uh, Qahwa, which is the year of uh, coffee. They want uh, Saudi to be self-sufficient and uh, we use our land to be self-sufficient and to have revenues from within the country. So tourism is one of them and promoting coffee production because Saudi is one of the biggest countries consuming coffee. Thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really happy to be here with you on Fifth Wave. From Sarah, it's clear that Saudi Arabia's coffee culture runs very deep. And this strong foundation has certainly helped fuel the explosion of Saudi's coffee shop market. Now let's hear how an international specialty coffee brand is aiming to take a share of this high growth market. By speaking with Fadi Hamoud and Ali Al-Kabaz, COO and Head of Coffee, respectively, for Najud Restaurant Management Group. For context, Najud operates franchises of Marble Slab Creamery, French Cuisine Le Relais de l'Entrecote, and local organic burger concept 86. And in turning to coffee, they are now the local operator for Japanese specialty coffee brand Percenta Arabica. Since Arabica expanded out of Japan in 2015, Najud have opened 12 outlets in Kuwait, two in Qatar, and two in Saudi, including the recently opened 1,400-square-meter roasting plant in Riyadh, the biggest percent Arabica roastery in the world. Welcome, Fadi and Ali. Delighted to have you here. We're delighted to. How does the Saudi market compare to other markets in the Middle East in terms of coffee drinking and in terms of the scale of growth? I believe Saudi market is the leading market as an overall in the Middle East. We have coffee as a hospitality offering. It's been there since our ancestors. So we have the old generation, which is the old style of coffee, like Turkish coffee, espresso, Arabic coffee. And we have now the new generation where people started to like milk-based drinks, different types of blends, something maybe with some natural sweetness, I want to say. And from what I can gather, there seems to be growth of the large branded chains as well as specialty. How do you see the market evolving at the moment in Saudi in particular? You know, are we going to see more chains, international chains? Are we going to see more local chains? 
Or are we going to see more specialty coffee sort of boutique operators? I think we're going to see more of uh, specialty coffee boutiques operator. And as we talk already, there's uh, coffee franchises that they established 200 or more stores in Riyadh. In terms of, let's say, Arabica, we are considered as franchise specialty. We have a huge expansion plan in Saudi. Yeah, we're working on it. Also, we have the small boutiques which are being established by locals, by Saudis. Yeah, and I'm seeing the trend is going between these two. And we are also still seeing strong growth of the likes of Starbucks and other brands as well. Exactly. Starbucks has been there since we discovered coffee. I mean, mm. Since we were little kids, we just knew Starbucks. Mm. And uh, I believe they have an advantage of price mm-hmm. and speed of service, let's say. But when it comes to coffee quality, it's not within the specialty standard that the consumer, if they want specialty, this is what they're looking for. So this is the added value of, let's say, specialty coffee. Yes, we can't compete, let's say, with the speed of service. We can compete with the availability in the market. But I believe the biggest value is the quality of the coffee. That's what distinguishes Starbucks from, let's say, Arabica or Arabica from other coffee shops or even any specialty that has been established locally or as a franchise. If I may add to that, so for us, Starbucks is the brand that led the way for people to discover coffee. And I think it was the second wave of coffee, the commercial coffee. But for us, this has educated the customer that they have to go and sit in a place and interact and experience coffee, not only drink it. So for us, Starbucks will be there. And of course, they have a huge expansion plan in the kingdom. But For us now, as a specialty coffee, we have seen that the customer in the kingdom is very selective on where he would drink his coffee and very selective on his beans. So, yeah, tell us more about your plans for Saudi Arabia. So you've got two stores and one is an enormous flagship. Give our listeners a picture of what this store looks like and what kind of features you've got in it, how many seats, what's the vision of it? In, in Riyadh, we opened our first store in 2021, one year now for us in the market. It's uh, about 210 square meters. It's like a futuristic design store. If you go there inside, if you think like you're inside a spaceship, actually, we have floors are custom-made LED where they will light up the entire store. We have about six seats outdoor. And indoor, we have five tables and we have the stools, like around 20 stools. We have a small uh, roastery inside mm-hmm. where we have our Tornado King. Uh, the Tornado King is the exclusive brand by Arabica. You will only find it in Arabica stores around the world. It's an automatic roasting machine. The capacity of it is one kilo per batch. Mm-hmm. It's called Tornado King because it can give you a dark roast within five minutes. Customer, whenever they want to order beans, they will get them freshly roasted on spot. Mm. So they will never have a feedback or from a previous batch. No, we, we tailor make actually the profile they want. Just a small detail about the Tornado King. So basically, if you wanted a freshly roasted batch for home use, let's say coffee, you can get that in around eight and a half minutes. And these will be very fresh. And this is something I think that makes us unique as Arabica. The customer can come in, order his coffee, order his beans. Before even finishing his cup of coffee, his beans will be roasted and ready for him to take them home. And of course, the selection of single origin beans. We always have around 15 single origin beans that we serve to the customer. That was your first store. And what about the second store? 
The second store is the Ross 3. It opened in April 2022. And the Ross 3 actually it was a challenging store, knowing it's going to be the biggest in the world, the biggest Arabica in the world. And we have the biggest Ross 3. We have about 46 tables. It's a ground floor and a mezzanine. And everything is in the center. You can see the counter. We have four Slayer machines. We have two SP9s. Each of them is like two group heads. And then the customer can see the roastery. Mm. And in the roastery, we have our training station. We have our uh, UG22, G60. And we have the Tornado King as well to roast the coffees for the customer. I wonder if you could tell me about some of the design features in the Arabica design roastery, please. Each Arabica store has its unique features and unique designs. Each store is allocated to a world-renowned designer who has won some architectural prizes. For both stores in Riyadh, we have collaborated with uh, Nomura, a Japanese design firm. First of all, the store in Riyadh Roastery is designed and inspired after the type of warehouse or like brutal, if you want, architecture. Mm -hmm. The floor is lit rather than the ceiling and you will see a lot of rounded edges in the store. Anything else different about the customer in Saudi compared to other parts of the Middle East? For Saudi, we saw that there is a huge love for Chemex. We expected this because of the knowledge and the taste palette of the customers in the kingdom. But when we saw it happening on the ground and how Chemex is one of the top drinks that we have in Saudi, so we were like a little bit surprised, but we understand that this is something normal, this is something natural for the kingdom and the people of the kingdom to admire and drink very special filtered coffee. What about the differences between the young and the old? Are you seeing a lot more of the youth wanting the branded chains or is this new era of youth wanting specialty and boutique concepts? I think you are seeing a mix of everything, to be honest. Mm. Mainly the old, let's say, they'll go for the traditional drinks. I want to say if you mm. have the Saudi coffee, they mm. will come to grab the Saudi coffee. Or even some of them, they'll enjoy a, a coffee of the day. Yeah. And the young, you see different tastes. Like some people, even they, let's say they like the matcha or they like the Spanish latte, which is a bit sweet. But still, they prefer a quality coffee to be served with the drink they enjoy. And as well as, I want to say, the flat whites. It's something that's really common. Uh, you find it there in Saudi. Okay, so the Antipodean Australian influence also having an influence. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank, Thank you, Jeffrey. It's clear to me that Saudi's remarkable coffee shop growth is a reflection of a deep historical coffee culture new economic and social reforms, and extensive government investment in hospitality and tourism. I'm sure this strong growth in Saudi will continue for many years, and I personally cannot wait to savour the fruity grape flavours of Saudi-grown coffee. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. If you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to all the latest global coffee news, including the Weekly Coffee Dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. Please also check out the latest edition of the Fifth Wave magazine online with its cover story and data on the Middle East market. 
This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is All I Know by New York-based artist Norman Alexander. And until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and stay caffeinated. I'd rather lose my pride Don't wanna be left alone I'd lose my mind And if I had to choose between you and I I'd choose us every time One more chance will be fine I, Can we go back to yesterday when life was good and love was great When you believed every single word I said Don't let go, this is all we know Came too far to be all alone Falling apart, now I'm on my knees Never been one to beg, but this is all I know in my blood You're the only one I love Please don't take that away from me You're the breath of air I need It's in my bones It's in my blood Oh, ah.